You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th, and it's making me feel joy and sadness and anger. Definitely some disgust. Rose! And I think a little fear. But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of Peer Pleasure with Dewey Halpas. I am Dewey, your host with the most, bringing you more great content week after week. This week, we have a fellow podcaster I've been a fan of for a long time, Yazi Salik from the Bandsplain podcast. She also has a podcast called 24 Question Party People, where she talks to some pretty amazing guests um, and asks them a series of questions. Um, with a wild card in there, it's it's a really cool format, and it's we mentioned on the episode, but I really like that she does that version of uh, her podcast because you know what the questions are going to be. So, you know, kind of in advance, if you want to hear how so-and-so answers these questions, I think it's a great uh, way to market the show um, and to, to drive a lot of traffic to the show. Uh, but she does a fantastic podcast called Bandsplain, which I was a huge fan of, still am, where she does hours and hours long episodes, deep dives into bands like, you know, everyone from Weezer to Nine Inch Nails to Dave Matthews Band to Fish. I mean, uh, no band is off limits and it's incredibly informative and she always has a guest on to discuss it with her. Um, And one of my favorites is the Nine Inch Nails episode with a friend of the show, Jeff Rickley. Um, Just an incredible, incredible undertaking. The amount of work that goes into doing something like that is so foreign to me as far as podcasting goes. Uh, but like I always say, I, I listen to shows like that. I don't necessarily do them. So that was also interesting talking to her about her style and what she does because it's so different from what I do. And I like having that contrast. 
but the amount of work she puts into that show is, is staggering and it's an awesome show so go check out the band Splain podcast go check out a 24 question party people uh you're gonna find something you enjoy there's something there literally for everyone um like i said even fish is on there so uh cheers to to yasi for coming on i really appreciate her doing that um and uh, i hope you guys enjoy this episode so let's get some business out of the way and we'll jump right in so peerpleasurepodcast.com is the website peerpleasurepod at gmail.com is the email if you want to get in touch with me we have the facebook group the peer pleasure podcast inner circle we also have the premium service which is peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm and there you get access to the old videos of the episodes you get access to the past cast as well as the ad free feed um, so if you want to support the show that's a great way to do it you can also head over to uh, Apple Podcasts. If you're listening there, you can give us a rating and a review. If you're listening on Spotify, you can give us a rating. It really helps out with the algorithm and helping the show stay visible. Um, I'm just stoked that so many people come back week after week after seven years of this thing and just continues to grow. It's really cool to see. Um, you know, the guests uh, keep coming and people keep listening. And I'm going to keep doing it because I'm having a blast. Um, I really, really appreciate you guys. Uh, but let's jump into this one. This is my episode with Yazi Salak from the Bandsplain podcast. I was I was gonna record on GarageBand. Do you want that? You can if you like. You sound actually pretty perfect that... using the mic you're using. Well, it's better better safe than sorry, babe. You know, <laughs> it's I, up to you. I can't abide bad audio. So I hear you. I have uh, you and I go about things very differently. I think, which is <laughs> so fascinating about this because um, I always and this just rolls when I when we start, but. Um, we're partying. Yeah, it's we're partying. Happening. It's, it's okay. here. But I heard about what you do through Jeremy Balm's podcast. I was like, who is this Love person? Jeremy. He's great. He's who great. Who is this fucking bitch? That's who what you is... said. <laughs> <laughs> I might have, unless my son was in the car. What is this know. bitch on about with her yeah. fucking, why should she talk like that? That was your inner monologue. <laughs> do people talk about the way you talk a lot? I've heard you mention it a couple times. I mean... Maybe not anymore because I don't look at the Reddit. I don't look at the sub anymore. Uh -huh. <laughs> That's usually where I used to see it a lot. Um, what did they say? They just talk about the vocal fry, which I don't care. I like the way I talk. The but vocal fry. Yeah. There's a lot of trained uh, vocalists out there. 
the fry technique. It's the it's the like Valley Girl Kardashian speak that I think is confusing for men because they're listening to like someone speak authoritatively, Mm. but in that cadence. And it's like very confusing for them. Interesting. <laughs> I was gonna. I was curious about because you. I've heard you mention a few times, like on the show or or whatever. And, yeah. And, uh, yeah. I people are fucking weird, man. Like podcasting. Amen, Amen brother. <laughs> what's the? I forget the dude's name. You said it. it said podcasting's appointment listening. Like they, you shouldn't have any negative comments because no one. It's yeah. You're not you legally choose. obligated, babe, to come listen. No yeah. one put a gun to your head. I don't understand. Yeah, it's not serious. <laughs> it's not or uh, serious XM or anything like that. Like. You're not delivered this. You go and find it. You don't even have to listen to Sirius XM, babe. You don't have to listen yeah, to anything. Exactly. But I'm saying, like, if you put on Sirius, like, you're listening to whoever's on at that time. Sure. Like, you can't sure. just say, who's this person? I want to listen to this. And then say, right. that was the worst podcast I've ever heard. <laughs> Great. And then come back and back to say uh-huh. it again and again. Uh-huh. <laughs> I've been a, called a, a legit moron twice by different by the people. Same pr- a legit amazing. moron. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. About anything but I, music. Better than being like an illeg- illegit moron. I feel like that's like a step up. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Uh yeah, I I I I came across your stuff through through Jeremy's podcast and then I checked it out. And uh it's fantastic. It's mm-hmm. totally the kind of podcast I would listen to. Like it's it there's so much information mm-hmm. and the research is there. And the complete opposite of what I do. And that's what I like to listen to. I don't like to do things that way myself, but I appreciate it so much because I can sit there for an hour and a half, two hours from what you do and find out everything I didn't know about a band I already know and everything I need to know about a band I didn't. So like, it's fantastic. And I'm sure it takes a lot of time. It does. It does. I also appreciate (laughs) Because I just go with these things. Like I spend maybe four hours a week on the show doing what I do. I yeah. couldn't imagine putting in the hours you do for for research, but I'm glad you do it because it's a very useful tool and Thank uh, you. very entertaining. That's why I reached out because I was like, we need to chat. Like this is cool. <laughs> so thank you for coming on. Um, and we're done. No, I'm kidding. Uh, That's it. Have a gorgeous day. Okay, wonderful. <laughs> yeah. It was a nice song you do. <laughs> yeah, um, your podcast is easier than mine. Jeez. It's it's not not necessarily easy. I'm joking. It's incredibly <laughs> nerve wracking because when you sure. go into something with somebody with nothing, like it's you it can go one or one of two ways, totally. and one of them is terrible. And uh, <laughs> it it keeps things fresh though. It keeps things um, on edge, which I like. And and uh, one of the episodes I really liked that you did was the Operation Ivy episode. So one of my mm-hmm. favorite bands. And yeah, that's how I got into a lot of music was through the Bay Area scene, even, sure. even though I was in Alaska. But that uncharted territory, like that, yeah. that uh, failure around every corner being a possibility. I love that. I still do that to this day. Like it's just in my blood now. And that's why I do yeah. things that way. But um, no, yeah. it's great. I've listened to a couple episodes of your podcast. You're, I mean, I don't think failure is around every corner because I think you're like a seasoned conversationalist. So you're good at what you do. So you're going to probably be able to get a decent to great conversation out of almost everybody. I appreciate that. Um, that means a lot. Um, I, I, it's, it's interesting. I didn't. And so a mutual friend of ours, Jeff Rickley, 
Uh, I don't know if that's Shout the episode you listened to, but uh, he's the catalyst for that. Yeah. So that it's all on him. <laughs> that bastard. <laughs> great uh, man. A great he's, man. He's wonderful. Um, but and now you started doing uh, 24 question party people, which the name's that's great. Right. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I just listened to Liz Fair one. She's fantastic. She's so good. So good. Um, which is a totally awesome premise because there's so there's so many places for it to go. Like it's yeah. structured, but there's no way in hell it's going to follow the structure except totally. numerically. Yeah. That's Thanks for getting awesome. that. I I think people like hear the premise and they're like, oh, that's so restrictive. And I'm like, no, it's kind of the opposite. Mm -hmm. And the, in the actually, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, it just, it actually opens up for like talking about things that you normally wouldn't hear the person talk about. Exactly. And then the genius of it is that once you know the format and know some of the questions, if you were to be stacked with like, they came into the game late, there's 20 episodes, they're going to instantly go to, I want to hear what so-and-so answers yeah. that question. So you're, yeah. you're covering all the bases, which is, yeah. which is awesome. But how did, so how did you, how did you get into podcasting? You're a writer, like a, right. you write for like zines and things like that. Like I, I don't well, know a no. ton of, about you except for what I've heard <laughs> on other podcasts, which was also well. interesting. You We're going to so. keep it that way because I, I prefer to keep an air of mystery. Okay. I was a writer. Mm -hmm. I don't write much anymore. I'm borderline illiterate now, but I, at, at times in my life, I was a writer. Uh -huh. Um, I was a music writer. Um, I liked it, but it was, um, by the time I sort of got in the game, <laughs> it was like a collapsed industry. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. it was like quite difficult to, make a living doing that. Um, especially because I didn't really want to do, I kind of realized maybe too late that I actually didn't want to be a music journalist. Like I don't want to write criticism. I didn't really want to write rote kind of stuff, which is like, not to say that that's bad or anything, but I just, I can't help but write and talk about myself. Mm -hmm a bit of a mental illness but it is what it is it's my art form and there wasn't a lot of room for that you know so i think i i sort of transitioned out eventually okay yeah is that when you started doing the podcast or was this way earlier no i mean i i, I wrote on and off for a long time and then i was writing for brands and i worked for altamont briefly the skate company like doing content for them so still sort of writing adjacent mm -hmm. and doing some events and stuff um it sort of i did a bunch of other things in in the meantime i directed videos i've i've done many things marketing <laughs> random shit that's wild how do you is it so did everything just like parlay into everything else like I a think... natural progression of like oh oh, I met this person doing this and now I can do this or was it planned? Yeah, no, kind of like that, definitely. I don't think I it's that. so, I mean, you know, make God laugh. You want to make God laugh, mm -hmm. babe. You tell him his, your plans. Um, no, it was very much like that. And I, I always think about, I mean, I'm hopefully won't be a podcaster till I die, but you never know. Mm -hmm. um, but I always think about like, oh, what I do now is so clearly the sum of the parts of all the other things I've done in like a way that nothing else ever was. And it feels kind of cool to see that. Like, it's like a perfect sort of like mix of all of my like interests and skills that I've developed over my adult life, mm -hmm. which is kind of, kind of awesome. It's fantastic. 
that's if if everyone could do that, I think mo- more yeah. people would be more happy because that's true. All life is is experience. Like it's yes, uh, I agree. I mean, you choose what you do with it. You can squander it. You can capitalize on it. You can sell it. You can. I mean, it's just experience. And if you're using what you're getting every day to to move to the next step, I mean, it seems logical. Like that's the way everybody should do it. But hardly well, I anybody think it does. Depends. It depends what kind of person you are. Kierkegaard says that there are two ways to live life. It's an ethical life or an aesthetic life. So I feel like what you're describing is the aesthetic life, which mm-hmm. is based experiential. Um, everything is about what you take from it and not necessarily about a rigid and safe set of identity and, and you know, mm-hmm. I don't want to say themes, but, uh, you know, parts of your life that sort of fit into this accepted structure. Um, not to like bring Kierkegaard into the mix so early in the pod, it's 10 minutes in. <laughs> Here she go. 60% of your listeners are like, we're going to turn this off right now. The vocal fry, Kierkegaard, we're out, bitch. No, 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 no. <laughs> That's who you need to talk to is Melissa Cross. Have you talked to her before? The Zen of Screaming? She's the, no. one who's the fry vocal, the false chord. She's the one who's oh, cool. training, apparently training everybody to do all these uh you know six month tours of screaming every night and to do it exactly like find the right technique um have you heard of her before no that sounds so cool okay yeah the zen of screaming is her program so like uh trying to think of of like a good case study like there's uh will ramos of uh lorna shore Mm-hmm. And then like Spencer from Under Oath or Randy mm-hmm. from Lamb of God, mm-hmm. all these are mm-hmm. uh, Jesse from Kill Switch Engage mm-hmm. all use her and her methods oh, cool. and it lets them go scream the right way. And they can go out there for an hour and a half and scream and sing and then get off stage. And it's like never happened. Wow. That's incredible. She's pretty fascinating. She's a very interesting person. Um, but that's where I first heard the fry. When you said vocal fry, that's <laughs> the first time even being in music that I ever heard that was from her. Yeah. the fry vocal, um, which is, yeah. Anyways, the super, super interesting way of looking at things. But I, I think it's um, very, very interesting, the feedback you're getting from people on just the way your voice sounds. Because <laughs> I guess, okay, so I was told once that from a, a podcast guru at a podcast movement one. Have you ever been to one of those conventions? No. Okay. No. I, I wouldn't recommend going. I've been to three and it was useless. Yeah, that sounds like hell. It's someone that has a podcast in their basement about like basket weaving, telling uh-huh. other people how to sell advertising. And like you have like 40 people in the audience of a panel that want to start a podcast. And then you have the people on the panel that have a very like either new or somewhat like the blind leading the blind yeah bit. exactly like well i can tell you i've sold ads for this so oh well and they're all writing notes down they spent six hundred dollars on a ticket and then you have the one big guest at the end like dan carlin or something right which is awesome but what she was telling me is that when you uh listen to a podcast the host becomes the voice of your subconscious totally so that's why ads work that's why people trust you and listen to what you say that's so, why they think that you're their friend exactly yeah. I think they know you. They think, do you get weird? Do you get weird all messages? The time, from, oh all, all the time. I have a, like, honestly, a huge amount of compassion for it. Cause I'm like, yeah, like, you, first of all, my podcast is fucking long. It's mm-hmm. like four or five hours per episode. So, mm-hmm. like, 
the sheer amount of time, which I'm grateful for that these people are spending listening to me already is like insane. And you can't help but develop sort of an intimacy with someone whose voice is in your ear that long. It's mm-hmm. just that I don't know you, you know, Yeah, <laughs> it's a bit unilateral, but they're, you know, by and large, they're really kind and, and lovely messages. So mm-hmm. I don't mind. That would be, I've, I think it'd be a good, it wouldn't be a good idea, but it'd be an interesting idea to go through someone's DMs, like your, your, your DMs and put them out there. It's like, okay, oh check this one out. Check this yeah. one out. Cause there's gotta be I mean, some it, good ones. It is an interesting symptom I think of like the times we live in and maybe how isolated and lonely most people are like because it just we're so disconnected from community and like real life because of the internet and mm-hmm. you know the pandemic happened and all this stuff so I think the levels of parasocial relationship have probably gone up and up and up and up and up you know yeah absolutely absolutely um that's it it's just an interesting thing to me to think about how much people know about us and and the opposite is is uh terrifying sometimes and we do it to ourselves i mean i talk yeah. about myself all goddamn day five hours of, what are they supposed to do not know about it <laughs> you know? yeah and I, I'm like, I, I can't be surprised or outraged like i did it to, I, I said it sure sure and I, I i like that the podcast is long like the nine inch nails episode was fantastic like the it took me a long time to get through it because I don't have my commute yeah. is 15 minutes now. Totally. It wasn't before. Now it is. And it's just, it'll take me two weeks to get through an yeah. episode, but it's totally worth it. It's like, it, it's like I said, it's, you're doing something that's really great because you're, I mean, you're documenting so much in one spot, like collecting all these, these facts and these stories and putting them all in one. I, I I don't want to say easily digestible place, but like, because there's still a lot of, of, um, one container. Yeah. It's not for, it's not for the faint of heart. Some of these episodes, which is awesome. And the fact that you, I love it too. When, uh, you can tell like the fandom that you have for somebody like Liz fair, like, Oh my God, I can't believe I'm talking to Liz fair. (laughs) I love that. And I love that you put that out there instead of playing it cool the whole time. Like, yeah, whatever. Cool. Mm, I don't know how to play it cool. Great. (laughs) It's great. The vulnerability, I guess, is is what I'm getting at on that, and and uh, that shines through too, which is great. It makes it makes you like a real person. Like it's not like, you know, uh, you would listen to someone like that. You know, that's more of a uh, of a real human being than you know who is this person. Like who right. they think they are. You say exactly who you are when you do that. So that's that's fantastic. Um, Thank you. How did you, just out of curiosity, how did you hook up with Corbett Redford for the Operation Ivy episode? I, I'm i friends with Jesse Michaels, so I asked him who he would want or recommend to do, you know, to steward the story of his band, because um, I thought that, that would be nice and to get his feedback, and it's important, and he recommended Corbett. Nice. Jesse's yeah. turned me down maybe nine times at this point yeah i think he's kind of a private person he he's he's a great guy but i think he he's is. just not a big not a big go on podcast guy yeah do you have <laughs> white whales that you that you are have been chasing forever that that uh yeah my white whale is david matthews are you familiar with him yeah, i am yeah mr i'm gonna uh, get him though it's gonna happen <laughs> dmb uh That's right. as people say that's right their whole weekend away at the gorge <laughs> exactly <laughs> So he said he you've hit him up before and he said no. 
he didn't say no. Okay. He said, I'm busy because the album came out and it was touring time, Mm -hmm. but let's revisit, which doesn't mean no, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that means later. So it will happen. Okay. We're going to get David on the pod. That would be fantastic. Are you going to do a a 24 question party people? Yeah. Okay. And then what Stephen Jenkins from uh, third eye blind. That was a great one. Yes. That guy's hilarious. He's the best down to clown. Yeah. So, that was your that was your heyday then, like those yeah. days. I love that because I was I'm still, we're probably the same age or very. I'm, I'm 41. 41. Okay, yeah, same age. Jinx. <laughs> <laughs> but that was like the heyday, the heyday of music, where you're actually buying our own music and and uh, it still really mattered a lot. Like you had the records you had, and that's it. You didn't have access to everything else unless you had unlimited yeah. funds. But the way the way you gravitate towards some of those bands and talk about that, I really resonate with. Because it's just a, uh, I feel the same way. Like there's records yeah. that just like will go down in history forever as being like top tens, top fives, um, and being like riding around in cars and listening to these records, or or totally. going to a show, uh, you know, a, an hour and a half away, yeah, and just getting pumped. I feel like people don't <laughs> do that anymore. Probably do. I, I don't know, but like I I have to believe that music is so eternal like i think they do it differently for sure just the way we did it differently than our parents did mm-hmm. but music was important to that generation too right you know it's, mm-hmm. i think it's just constantly shifting so i i don't i don't know how teenagers experience music now that much but i know that like they're still really passionate about it it might be more song based than album based cause that's just how they get to music you know it's like important songs but they seem really passionate about it. I mean, look at Taylor Swift tour, you know, like look at some of these like bigger things. I mean, that's filled with older people too, but like, you know, there's so, Olivia Rodrigo. There's still all these artists that are like radicalizing teens to love. I mean, that's pop music, but there's gotta be, I mean, there's rock music too. Like, I, I just don't know what it is, you know, like mm-hmm. I'm sure, I'm sure it's happening. Yeah. Well, people are pushing the envelope still like, yeah. uh, uh, What's a band that really did it for me lately? Uh, Drug Church. Love Drug Church. Amazing. They're so fucking good. Yeah. And uh, Pat, have you had Pat on your show before? No. Pat okay. No. Do you know him? I don't know him, no. Oh, man. We should connect you guys. He has a podcast, right? No, he's a, he, well, yes, he does. Uh, uh, Axe to Grind. It's like a, yeah. they're on our network. Um, right, right. I should connect you guys together because he's fantastic and yeah, that'd be super great. I'm interesting a huge, conversation. Huge Drug Church fan. Really okay. like them. Yeah. They're like bringing me back to the 90s in a big totally. way yeah but it's pure it's not like pandering it's just like it happened back then the the you know i, I don't even know how to really describe it it's just that, that purity of a band yeah. from that day it's not like hey it's not like fashion coming back right it's just that's what they create yeah it's that's like it's the it's the sonic spirit for sure and there's a couple of bands like that that i really like that are mm-hmm. doing like military gun to me is kind of like that too like they have this like really nostalgic sound that's really contemporary at the same time mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. really really hits for me <laughs> yeah man i i uh yeah drug church and um uh there's a band called anxious that's really good mm-hmm. so good oh. the, you know what's interesting they all have like sort of like archers of loaf ass melodies yeah. but with like 
more aggressive vocals. Exactly. <laughs> so it's like the carryover from like hardcore is like the aggression in the vocals. <laughs> but then like what I really re- resonate with, I mean, I like the I like the aggression too. I like hardcore, but like mm-hmm. is that fucking archers of loaf, you know, uh guided by voices mm-hmm. vibe of melody. Cause yeah. it really does pair well together. Man. Are you going to do a Guided by Voices episode? There's so many records I've been I mean, that's like probably the one I get asked about the most. And I really? love Guided by Voices. Yeah, oh, but man. I'm like, I don't, it's, I don't know how to do that. There's so many albums. There's so many. I have to do like a telethon, like a live telethon. Mm-hmm. Raise money for something. I'm curious. 24 hours. On how you, like how, how you build an episode. Like mm-hmm. how, when you, from, from like, spark of an idea that I want to do this band. Sure. What steps do you take to like get that done? Like what, what is your process? If you don't mind me asking, I'm really curious because I've, I've absorbed all the information on a Mm -hmm. bunch of episodes, but I'm curious how it fits together. Do you do it the same way? I guess like you have a system. I have a system. So it all starts with the Google doc, babe. Okay. We're living in the Google doc. Mm -hmm. Um, I start, at the top with the formation, I basically buy a bunch of books. So whatever books are available that I can get my hands on within reason, because some bands have like a million books. Mm-hmm. Um, and I read those and I read whatever I can find on the internet. Okay. <laughs> so, um, but I, I structure it first. So I'll be like, here's the formation, here are the band members, Here's their biographical information. Here's every album. Here's every song on every album. It's just like bulleted, you know? And then I go through and as I'm gathering information, I fill it in where it belongs. Okay. And the whole time I'm kind of synthesizing it in my mind, right? Because mm-hmm. you're taking in the story as you're reading all these interviews and books and stuff. And that's how I do it. Watch videos, documentaries. How do- and it all goes in the Google Doc. <laughs> Does that fit your personality? Like, does that fit? Is it is it out of your comfort zone doing something like that or doing things that way? Or have you always kind of been that way with with collecting and organizing and and basically producing <laughs> things throughout your life? Is that something that you've learned or is, have you always been that way? Not to be like, I'm a storyteller, but like, I think <laughs> as a writer, you your job is to synthesize a story. Mm-hmm. Right. So like, yeah, that is something I've always done and been able to do. Um, I'm not a particularly organized person. But there's just like no other way to do this because it has to be it has to be organized or I can't I can't. Everyone, people used to think that I just knew all this stuff. And I'd be like, no, babe, I'm reading at Google. Doc. I'm not the smartest woman alive. <laughs> I can't hold <laughs> dates in my head. Like, what are you talking about? Um, but I have always been like hyper curious about things I'm interested in. So like it just kind of goes back to like being a teen. Like I was that kind of teen that was like, oh, I like this band. I need to like buy every, you know, magazine they're interviewed in and find every DVD and like listen to every album. Like I just wanted to know more and more and more. Was it music that started that that hyper curiosity? For sure. sure. So before that didn't have the same way about other things. I don't remember before music. Really? (laughs) You know? Yeah. Because I was like, I mean, I was like nine eight or nine, I feel like when I, maybe nine, when I got into like rock music. Okay. And so like, what are you even interested in before? Yeah. I mean like Shira, Barbies. I don't know. I was, I was seven. Oh, I was really into Salvanian families. <laughs> is that what they're called? I don't know what that even is. There are those, okay. It's actually, there's a really amazing TikTok where this girl makes 
these really hilarious stories using them. Okay. Um, but they're these like little animals that have little outfits <laughs> and then you play with you have little families and you have little stories. And I was really into that, but you can't really research that you're having an imagination. Yeah. Also I, you know, how long have I been able to read whatever. So <laughs> I think it was really just, it did really start around music for me. Interesting. What was the first like stuff? I remember I got, my dad had a radio show and I'd go listen to records in the oh, record cool. room because I couldn't be quiet and it was volunteer. Sure. So Thursday nights, <laughs> yeah. which I do with them now here, uh, Thursday nights I'd go with him because I wanted to hang out with them, but I was too young to be quiet. So he's like, all right, go in the record room. And I would just right. play. I, was, I remember playing Wilson Phillips uh, records yeah. and like Hold on. Grateful Dead Hold records on and like whatever looked day. cool. Cheech and Chong yeah. records. And sure. uh, I was like, what is it? And I just kind of like got that pop sensibility i guess but yeah. i didn't hear rock music for like a very long time like real rock music and and uh the first cds i ever got were mc hammer oh, yeah. uh paul abdul debbie gibson okay. and new kids straight on the up block. don't tell me great one christmas i got a yeah. cd player and those and I was starter like, pack this is cool <laughs> yeah small island in alaska like here's what you get long box yeah. cds sure long box real do ones now do you remember what like rock music you heard first yeah, it was, I remember it like it was fucking yesterday, baby. It was Red Hot Chili Peppers, Give It Away Now. Because I was being babysat by an older family friend mm -hmm. um, whose boyfriend was over. I believe it was the boyfriend's taste. Mm -hmm. And they were blasting that. And I was like, what the fuck is this amazing shit? <laughs> I need more of what this is. Where, where did this come from? Mainline this into my veins. I'm obsessed. Yeah. Did you did you grab the record like soon after that or did you did you It's a good question. I'm curious on that cuz That's a good question. I might have bought the tape. Okay. I don't think I had a CD player yet cuz I was again 9 or 10 years old. And then like within a year I did the Columbia House music. Remember that scan? Oh my god, yes. Yeah. So I I think I did get the CD that way, but the first CD I got from that was Dr. Dre the Chronic. Cuz I was also very early on really into rap music. So I'm from Torrance, okay, which is in South Bay of Cal like Los Angeles and mm -hmm. I it was just kind of what that was like the culture, you know, like even even in like 5th grade, like that's what, you know, we wore the cool kids had a starter, like a Raiders starter jacket and you, you know, like we wore yes. vans and we traded like singles because those, those were like, you could buy that with your allowance. Yeah. There was like a dollar 99 or a dollar or whatever. And we had like nothing but a G thing and crisscross jump and like, I don't know, maybe the Bell Biv Devo poison. I'm trying to think of what else uh -huh. was like kind of going on. Um, so I got, I was really into Dr. Gray, the chronic. Oh my God. I'm 10 years old. You were speaking my language. I had the chronic four times. My dad broke it twice. Like oh, because like, you can't half. listen to this. There's yeah. a pot leaf on this. Dad, can yeah. I get some Dickies? No, they're gang related. Right. Dad, totally. I want a Raiders jersey. It's gang related. I my know. son won't my, wear that. My parents wouldn't get me the Raiders star jacket because it's too expensive mm. and they're immigrants. And they were like, are you out of your fucking mind? And I finally <laughs> bought myself one like for way more money, like, you know, in my yeah. 30s off like Etsy or something. I, was like, I finally got it, bitch. Oh my God. We did. My brother and I had to dress up for my dad's parade for his store in Petersburg, Alaska, with our mm -hmm. pants on backwards and have boom boxes playing junk. Crisscross. Amazing. We're getting, memories are flooding back here. Um, <laughs> but also the Blood Sugar Sex Magic. I found a cassette of that in Austria on tour oh, uh, yeah. underneath a bunk bed at a place we were staying at. And it doesn't say parental advisory explicit lyrics. It says 
may contain harmful materials or something like that. It's like a very right. European, uh, a very nice yeah. like way of saying like, eh, maybe don't listen to this one uh, with right. kids. If it could say that, it was super weird. But that so record, funny. fantastic. It's fantastic incredible. Record. It's incredible. Like start to finish that record is incredible. John Frusciante is a genius. Mm-hmm. Um, I Could Have Lied is like one of the most beautiful songs of all time. It's very underrated. Mm-hmm. It's just, I loved. And also I loved them. I think Red Hot Chili still to this day, but even back then, they really appeal to children mm-hmm. <laughs> because the music is very easily accepted accessible to children because mm-hmm. it's so buoyant and like fun like you could probably put on you know don't stop addicted to the can't stop addicted to the shindig for like a three-year-old right now and they'll like lose their mind because it just has that energy and they were so cool looking like so visually mm-hmm. enticing and like colorful and like i was just so into it. and that style was so cool and that was like such southern california style so it really spoke to me you know yeah, what was the it was uh what was the the album the funky was it funky monks like funky monks, before yeah. like uh yeah or freaky styly or whatever like a um, well, there's a couple funky monks is a song off freaky styly oh, freaky styly okay the but the album before right before but that one was mother's milk and Mother. mother's milk was the one that sort of like broke them out because they did that stevie wonder cover higher ground mm-hmm that was like a big deal. One thing I, I agree with you that they appeal to children. And one thing <laughs> in my mind immediately is Anthony Kiedis's vocals are almost <laughs> like kids songs. Like he's making yeah. stuff up and like yeah. making things rhyme really weird. Totally. It sounds like he's just making it up on the spot. <laughs> yeah. And I think kids love that too. Cause it sounds like, you know, what's that song? It's raining tacos. Like it doesn't make any sense, but it's, no, it, it's just going to the beat. I have a, but... I have young kids so i have to listen to the car (laughs) and there's this person that puts out all these songs uh yeah potato dog and like it's just random shit sure but yeah (laughs) so it it just it reminds me of ketis where it's just like kind of like i don't know how many of those lyrics he actually just makes up as they're going where people like put placeholders in and keep them (laughs) yeah that's what it seems like part of the time and it's really yeah, I don't know. and the it's very tribal music like it's very totally. like well because the bass is very funky mm-hmm. it's very like funk oriented um yeah it's it's awesome yeah i'm a big i'm a big red hot chili peppers stan to this day have you read flea's book hell yeah bitch how many times it's great <laughs> i'm more n- not this is not a favoritism but <laughs> i prefer scar tissue because scar tissue is the greatest rock biography of our time mm. because it's so insane have you ever read it Anthony i haven't Kiedis's, no oh I, I know what it's it is but i've not read it truly truly incredible you must read it man i remember he there was they were supposed to come up to alaska and he got in like a motorcycle wreck and broke no. his wrist Oy. but i also think it was around the time he was going back to rehab i think and i sure, think they were like yeah. sugarcoating it with oh yeah. he hurt his wrist that was after he's a singer um, <laughs> yeah he can do it that was after one hot minute okay that was with Dave Navarro. Yeah, yeah. Dave Navarro, okay. I think, partially responsible for his relapse. But who knows? Who can say? I remember Nobody's buying that record at Power Sounds. It was a speaker store in Alaska that also nice. sold CDs. <laughs> and, yeah, Mother's Milk. Also criminally underrated, One Hot Minute, I think. It's a great album. Oh, sure. I also picked up Siamese Dream, that same store, and the first corn record. All the Damn, killing it. Yeah, people don't remember that the first corn record came out in, like, 91 or 92. It's It's... Yeah. I had the blind single when I was like 11 or 10. It came with like, I was, I was probably 11 because I was buying skate magazines, mm-hmm. again, Torrance, and it came with a skate magazine. That's crazy. That's genius marketing right there. I know. I know. Isn't that crazy? That band got it. Corn understood 
I didn't understand what that meant. Yeah. Well, yeah, but they like they were renting a party bus to bring people to their shows, getting them drunk on the way there. Yeah. And bringing in all these people like, who the fuck is this band? A lot of Red Hot Chili Peppers DNA in corn. People don't see it, but it's there. Have they toured together? I'm sure they probably have. I don't know. At some point. Maybe. Early on. Because I think corn. who did corn tour? It was super weird. Uh, shit. I don't remember now. Uh, it was mm-hmm. super weird. Oh, man. It's going to bother me now. Anyway. <laughs> but they got it. Like they Bands like that just don't come around very often it's no. crazy um but that first record changed my whole world it was the first That's record it. i bought with my own money Hell yeah. and i was just like this is terrifying and <laughs> vulnerable and 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 all that it, it's it's nuts but um yeah so red hot chili peppers even to this day still a fan of this like like the new stuff oh, yeah. you like the new like just oh anything God, yeah. they do I, I, actually the new albums board. are really good i haven't checked out good. the newest probably two i probably yeah, should the, I think they're really good. I went and saw them play a couple of times on this like last run of shows and it was excellent. They're still so good live. Have you met the guys from Red Hot Chili Peppers before? I've met Flea once or twice, but that's it. How'd you handle it? I was I think I was okay. Yeah. I don't get I don't really get starstruck too much. I guess living in California, well, Southern California, you probably run into people quite a bit. I we always did if we were down there randomly. Yeah. I mean it's not even or... that. I think it's I think it's just like they're just people you know like i think having that experience of like it's just like a guy yeah <laughs> i'm sure there's people i would get starstruck by but um dave matthews. Was just very, david matthews i've met him it was you good <laughs> yeah he was so nice i mean i was like thrilled but i wasn't like you know yeah. my teeth weren't chattering or yeah. anything you didn't I'm crash a normal into per- him. i'm a normal person yeah <laughs> in line somewhere <laughs> normal well-adjusted but well-adjusted person <laughs> Do you do the travel around with Dave Matthews Band? Like, will you go to like two or no. three days? You don't do that? No, stuff? no. No, it's not really my vibe. Okay. Yeah. One and done. Check them out yeah. and, and bail. Man. Yeah, I'll do my little mushrooms, mm-hmm. have my little religious experience, call it a day. <laughs> See you I, next year. I love your, <laughs> I love your style because you, you just have, you're so, there's like these little just like, I, can't, I don't know how to describe it. These little like gems hidden in there. It just like, <laughs> bam, bam, bam. I can hear it in the show too, but like they, they're just like so under the radar and it takes a second. You're like, oh God, damn it. I love that. It keeps, uh, it keeps everyone on their toes, I think. But uh, man, so. What's going on, guys? This is Dewey. I want to tell you about some new releases coming up from Equal Vision Records. As you guys know, Equal Vision Records is my family, and so are these bands. I really want you to check these out. We've got Hot Water Music with their 10th studio album, Vows, out May 10th, featuring guest appearances by Dallas Green of City and Color, Thrice, The Interrupters, and Brendan and Daniel from Turnstile. See them on the 30th anniversary tour with Quicksand in the States in May and June and Europe in November. Hotwatermusic.com for more info. We also have Be Well with their new 7-inch, A Tap I Can't Turn Off, out now. First new music in two years from this band. This band is incredible, featuring members of Battery, Bane, Darkest Hour, and Fairweather. See them on tour with I Am The Avalanche in June. Equalvision.com for more info on that. And just your general information on Equal Vision Records, you're always going to find something you like at Equalvision.com. 
Go there for vinyl and merch from all of your favorite bands. Check out Hot Water Music's new record and Be Well's new 7-inch now. What's going on, guys? This is Dewey from Pure Pleasure, and I want to tell you about our newest sponsor, DistroKid. DistroKid distributes your music across all online platforms. They are an amazing company. I've enjoyed working with them the last few weeks, and they're going to be with us for a while, and I really, really appreciate that. I love working with great companies, and DistroKid is one of them. Uh, They have an awesome thing they're doing right now called Splits. Now, if you're working as most people are online, doing collaborations with people from all over the country, all over the world, as easy as that is with the internet, uh, you want to get those people paid when you put that music online. And splits can do that. You can add an unlimited amount of collaborators to any track. You can change the splits at any time. You can add or remove collaborators at any time. You can see previous splits. And all your collaborators are going to have to do is sign up for a DistroKid membership, a DistroKid account, so they can get paid. And as always, DistroKid never takes a cut. You and your collaborators get 100% of the earnings in total. A couple other awesome things that they do is they set up an official artist YouTube channel. Uh, You can use Spotify Canvas, synced lyrics, promo card to promote your release on social media, a mini video for your socials as well. There's just so many awesome things about using DistroKid. And like I said, I don't advertise things I don't use, haven't signed up for. I have signed up for this. It is a breeze, literally a breeze. And you can get going right away. So definitely check out DistroKid. And I want to give you 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. That is distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for Peer Pleasure Podcast. Once again, that is 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP. Go check out DistroKid right now. distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for 30% off. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press one. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press two. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, guys. This is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I wanted to tell you about Premium Pleasure, our premium subscription service that's available now. PeerPleasure.SupportingCast.FM is the website. There's three tiers, Tier 1, Tier 2, and Tier 3. Tier 1 is $5 a month. It gets you the ad-free experience. Tier two gets you access to the Peer Pleasure Passcast. It gets you access to the videos of the interviews. It gets you merch discounts. Tier three is $20 a month. That gets you all of that. It gets you the Passcast, gets you the video footage, discounts on merchandise, and monthly Zoom calls with myself and other guests. We're going to have all kinds of stuff in there for you. There's all kinds of stuff in there for you now. There is, uh, I believe, 30 to 40 videos of these interviews. There is uh, multiple episodes of the Passcast. The Passcast is a podcast that I'd started separately that is me and another podcaster or me and a guest uh, discussing a deep dive into their favorite episode of Peer Pleasure. 
Um, so there's a bunch of those on there. So, so-and-so and I would talk about the Chino Moreno episode. So-and-so and I would talk about uh, the Yvette Young episodes. And we would do a deep dive and tell where they came from, how we got the guest, stories of uh, that weren't discussed on the podcast or maybe weren't in there. Um, it's just another glimpse behind the curtain. So that's the big deal with this premium service is giving you a glimpse behind the curtain of how the podcast is made, gives you access to things I'm doing and things that we're doing with the show, um, gives you, you know, ad free stuff. It gives you just all kinds of, of things that we could throw in there to help make it a valuable part of your month. Cause I put everything out there on this show. I put everything I have into this show. Um, so being able to give you guys that little bit of extra is a big deal to me and having your support is a big deal to me because if we don't support our artists and creatives, we're not going to have any left. So I appreciate it. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. Go sign up today and get some of this premium pleasure. You've, you've probably done a Red Hot Chili Peppers band explain that I have not I listened have. to, obviously. Yeah, That's one of the ones it's I haven't. Good. I've been yeah, going back good. through and back through and back through. I think Green Day is the next one I have going backwards. Um, nice. But yeah, the Op Ivy one was was incredible because I don't think I don't think enough people know that band still. No, Even though it's everyone's so trying true. to bring them back and who they influenced. Um, yeah. And I always love hearing Corbett talk. His voice is so massive, and totally. he knows so much about the Bay Area. Yeah, it's no, staggering. He was so great. He was such a great guest. Man. I learned a lot. So speaking of the Bay Area scene in that in mm -hmm. that era, what bands from that scene got you into that? Was it Op Ivy that really got you into that scene? Or were you doing like the Lookout Records mail order stuff? Like I was a fat records girly, if we're being okay. honest, because I'm SoCal maybe, even though they weren't SoCal. Just like that's mm -hmm. what I got into. Um, I probably didn't listen to Op Ivy until like high school. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think. They probably weren't even, they weren't even a band anymore. No, um, no, no, no. Although I recently learned, and I know this is like real dummy 101 for probably someone like you, but I didn't realize Sam I Am came out of isocracy. That really blew my mind because I love Sam I Am. They but I think so I just good. never, they're so fucking good. <laughs> I, I had sort of forgotten about them, not to like no shade or all, all love and respect to Sam I Am. Yeah. I, I had had like probably like two of their CDs in high school, middle school, high school, mm -hmm. and I was really into it. And then I sort of just forgot about them. And then just like recently, a friend brought my attention back to them and I went on such a deep dive and I was just like, damn, this band is so fucking good. It's crazy. It's mm -hmm. crazy how underrated Sam I Am is. Yeah. Shout out from the rooftops. That sunshine yeah, I didn't... song. Oh my oh God. Oh my God. That Stop. band. We could talk Off about. Astray. We could talk about. Bye. Yeah. But I didn't realize they were, I didn't realize that they, like three of the members were in isocracy. Yeah. Do, I, I know. I thought it was called Ashtray for years. Oh, Astray. Of Astray. It's, it's very common. <laughs> and I got it at a pawn shop and I thought it just oh. looked cool. Yeah. And so let me ask you this on Sam I Am. This is, uh -huh. this is my, my hot take on Sam I Am. Oh. Okay. I think they're too good for their, their own good because <laughs> when you talk to people about them, like you said, you kind of fell off for a little while, forgot yeah. about them. I'm the same way, but it's because they're so easy to latch on to immediately that right. I think it's just as easy to let them fade away for a second and then come back and realize how much you look like you didn't have to invest in getting to know them to know how good they are and right. to like connect with the music. It's just there. It's almost like it's 
it's like a, a a napkin on your on your table. Like it's there <laughs> and you need it and it's awesome. It does what it's supposed to do. Right. But then you move on to something else and try to figure you know what I mean? Am I being weird here? Cause like I no, no, in I'm my mind, I'm like I'm picking up what you're putting down. I yeah. just have an alternate theory. Okay. I think that they were likely poorly marketed because I do feel they were, you know, probably out of coming out of Gilman and all this, like very mm -hmm. punk, right? They mm -hmm. were marketed in this very niche punk way. But honestly, if you go listen to the music, they could have been better than Ezra. This is like very accessible, really well-written pop songs, basically, mm -hmm. especially in the 90s. Like this could have been fucking alternative rock hit music. Mm -hmm. I think it was just presented in the wrong way. That, or maybe in the right way. Maybe that's the way the way want, they wanted it. That's fine. But I, I think a sense. lot more people like there's no reason Mexico couldn't have been. I mean, the thing is, Australia didn't come out till like I think 2000. That's the other mm -hmm. problem. I think if it had been like 96, we'd be having a different conversation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I agree with you there. Like that's and and it was a major label, wasn't it? I don't remember. I think so. I yeah. think it was major label. It was one of those probably yeah. like signings like the what the end of the year tax time. Uh, band. I think well, they Blink were just handing, they were just fucking handing out, yeah, you know, major label deals in the 90s. They're like hand over fist. They were like, You have a guitar? Come on over, mm -hmm. sign this. Yeah. Um, like Jawbreaker, Napsack Country. Yes, Did you ever knapsack. hear Knapsack? I just got put onto them because I kept talking about Sam I Am. Jeff Rickley actually was like, well, have you listened to Knapsack? And I was like, no. And then I went and listened to Knapsack and I was like, yeah, this shit's fucking good. Oh, my why God. Didn't I know, why didn't I know about Knapsack? Yeah. Like, uh, do you know the Thrice guys? I don't. Like, okay. personally, no. Okay. I, I mean, I'm familiar with the band. But... I was going to say, Eddie, when Thrice went on hiatus, he played bass, I believe, for Knapsack for a while, which oh, was cool. super weird. Like, really? Have you heard of a band called No Knife? No Knife, no. Oh. <sighs> fuck sakes i'm like okay. writing it down I'm please write down. that down listen to uh uh fire in the city of automatons it's the record okay. that i first heard everything fire they do is good city. they are so good uh, automatons. yeah that and then there's the uh i think it's called the red the red room or the red bed i can never remember i'm gonna i'm gonna look it up right now just i never do this but um no knife was a band i was turned on to by the thrice guys years ago and it's uh, uh, the Red Bedroom. That's the song. Oh my god, super underrated band, super influential, but no one knows who they are except bands. It does happen. Bands, it does happen that band. way. Like it's the way the Deftones used to be. Like they're yeah. a band's band for a while, and then every everyone caught on all of a sudden. It's like, whoa, wait a minute, and then they became massive. But now they're huge. Alas, uh, no knife, Sam. I am. Not the case. Look, Sam I Am was on the Jon Stewart show. I mean, they had their moment, maybe. They did. They're still, I mean, they put out an album this year. It's yeah. good. I listened to it. Yeah. And they sound good live. Yeah. Like he can sing those well, songs live. You can tell it's at the go. top of his range. Great. It's, uh, I can't. I'm going to have to get my elderly self to a <laughs> nighttime rock music concert yeah check it out <laughs> well they're they're pretty prominent in that documentary too the the um, yeah the one metal mike in that documentary that kept like going out of frame yeah, you yeah. that dude from yeah, angry yeah. samoans yeah he was printing t-shirts <laughs> while he was doing his interview i love I it he's Corbett like i don't have time it. for this bitch he's okay, literally like I'll... getting down and printing shirts <laughs> and getting back up and doing his interview i'm working Ridiculous. i'll talk to you but i'm working yeah just never stops that's a that's a uh that documentary was huge for me too that's that's yeah, how i so good. ran into corbett was through that that whole 
that whole scene brought back so many things from my teenage years into adulthood. Discovering yeah. mail order and all that. It was just Yeah. Uh, mail order was a big deal. I mean, I I remember having God, there was this like one punk mail order catalog that like aggregated all of these different labels. I can't remember what it was called. Insomnia? Does that sound right to you? I feel like that is what it was called. Anyways, I would like send away money. I feel like you literally put cash in an envelope. It was fucking insane. Mm -hmm. And I, re I remember getting the Liza and Louise seven inch. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and like all these other like really like cool sort of like niche things through mail order. Which was not, you don't do that anymore. No. And like you said, the Columbia House scam, like I was felt like I, I was scamming had them. Hundreds of CDs. Yeah, we were scamming them. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how you did it, but I was absolutely scamming I them. I chose the name of everyone in my household. Exactly. One at a no, time. They don't. I don't remember them asking for a social security number. No. They might have gotten a credit card. Is that right? I didn't have a credit card. I was nine. No. I have no idea how this worked. You tape that penny on, mm -hmm. slap that bad boy in the mail. CDs, 12 CDs came. Yeah. I never bought the the CD I had to buy. I just yeah. let it go. They kept sending me letters. Or you just canceled letters. it or whatever. Like, yeah. yeah. You'd whatever, be like, sorry, man. I don't want it. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, you would do a different name. And then they would be like, okay. Yeah. There's, there's, I haven't watched it yet, but there is apparently a good documentary about the whole Columbia House and BMG Music Club oh CD thing. I, want, I need to watch it. Have you seen that documentary cassette? No. It's very good as well. They actually talked to the guy that invented the cassette. He's dead now. Oh, wow. But they went, it was Germany or somewhere. He developed mm -hmm. the whole idea about it. But it talks about like tape trading and mixtapes and right. labels that only release on cassette still. It gets wow. really interesting. Um, I definitely recommend that one though. Okay, um, I'll check it out. I'm gonna have to check out the one on on Columbia. Is it called Columbia House or like? I have it... no clue what it's called, but I bet you if you Google it, you'll yeah, find it. I will, because that's how I I stocked most of my CD booklet. Same. I had so many CDs. Mail order. No um, money. So many CDs. <laughs> yeah, and then we yes, mailing money in the mail. My mom always said that don't send it even in a card. Like send a check, send whatever. I don't have fucking checks. I was I was a kid. A <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> I don't even have a bank account. I have my also, like, these kids will not know like I the way you used to put a dollar in an envelope send away for a sticker do you remember all this mm -hmm. like skate stickers and stuff I was like oh, this yeah. was like man I would just be shoving dollars into envelopes mailing them off left and right yeah the skate shop was like the mecca totally of anywhere it was like yeah. the embassy like you could go totally. and <laughs> yeah. there was a couch to sit on <laughs> totally the embassy you're so right <laughs> yeah we used to call Walmart the embassy on tour because any <laughs> town you went to that you didn't know anybody in, there was right. a place to sleep in the parking lot and 24-hour restrooms. There you um, go. And snacks and stuff. They made an atlas. Ram McNally made an atlas with Walmart that had every Walmart on it. On the wow. atlas. Amazing. Fucking wild. But uh, yeah, I, I, half my CD booklet, Columbia House, half my CD booklet, mail order. Yeah, and then totally. CDs and I borrowed also shop, from friends. Shoplifting. <laughs> Um, what's name? Shoplift Records, the, the statute of hell yeah, bitch. Man. Best Buy, fuck you. I don't care. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I never stole music until well. it became on the internet. I never actually stole a physical record. I'll tell you what, the long box that was tricky, but I could do it. <laughs> what was your What was your scam? How did you do it? Just put it in your pants, babe. Oh, the big, big old Jankos in the pants. Yeah. Oh, I, I did not wear Jankos. Don't slander my name like that. I mean, I would have. I don't have access to them. Yeah. No, what would I wear? Big Levi's probably. I, okay. That was like the the vibe. Dickies probably. And you just write down the pants, big t-shirt over it. Bye-bye. 
I was going to say, just leave the uh, leave the rollerblades uh, unhinged and just let them slide down the Jankos into the rollerblades. Also, did not rollerblades, sir, so I'm not sure what you're talking about. I'm just trying to go down couldn't a rabbit be, hole. Couldn't be me. Terrible things that I remember <laughs> from those days. My God. Uh, yeah, I never stole. I never stole a record. Just everything well, else. You're better than me. Food, beer, cigarettes. Sure, sure. All the stuff that's, that's good for you. But um, yeah, I... Uh, so I wanted to talk about the zine stuff a little bit too. Like, okay. so I got into zines kind of when I got into mail order and like yeah. Comet Bus, I think was the first, sure. you know, Aaron Comet Bus's stuff. Yeah. Everybody does, I guess at this point he's in the, isn't he in a fucking, uh, what is it? Uh, like the library a, of Congress. Library or? of Congress. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Uh, also someone I can't get in touch with. Um, to come on the podcast but he's he's really off the radar i don't know him but like yeah. he's like deeply off the radar we tried to for the podcast but could not locate damn um do you know larry livermore then like personally like like you guys communicate at all or, no. or anything like that okay he no. i know he knows him pretty well but i guess yeah. he's like a doesn't have an email doesn't have any of that stuff which is what if goals glorious. babe if I, I all i want in life is to not have an email aaron comet bus and kim file from soundgarden you just can't. And Bill Clinton also doesn't have an email. <laughs> I it's my literal dream in life. I every time I have to write or answer an email, I feel so debased. I feel so this is so distasteful. I shouldn't have to do this. I absolutely hate it. Really? Yeah. What is it about email that does that? There's just something ugly about it. I just don't like it. Is it because it hasn't changed since Amazon was like a bookstore online? Like it's just like the format and gross and just I hate, I hate everything about it <laughs> do you feel well do you feel the same way about i guess you don't feel the same way about like texting or something like that but no. email gives the person the option to respond when they want to anonymously instead of oh they read but that text message sending, three weeks ago you're never sending e i mean maybe something about you're never sending heartfelt vulnerable emails you're sending bullshit emails it's just bullshit and fucking stupid speak and have to be polite and thanks for checking in and i just it makes me want to kill myself i don't want to do this anymore never... i want somebody else to write emails on my behalf <laughs> and i don't have to do this that's i think that's what bill clinton does william clinton i think he has probably someone who comes up with a little fucking you know a, a board a pad that has all his emails printed out on it reads them aloud to him what would you like to say sir and he dictates his response and the person goes off and types and that's what i want you want to dictate your emails that's right <laughs> can't you do that with ai at this point no but i don't even want to have it have to pass my eyes i don't even want to have to have it lay on sully, the couch and say it. i don't have to have it sully my my consciousness do you know what i mean <laughs> dear david matthews uh comma and just like just let it come out that's hilarious emails i i yeah i i prefer that communication just for the fact that it's less pressure i can't say i yeah. enjoy the format but it's it's less pressure than the text or the dm where it's like okay you know um especially podcasting wise trying to get guests and things like that like it's uh it seems like the easiest route to do it but i don't think it's changed since the internet came around the format's the same like is there yeah it's pretty much the same i think i mean there's Gmail. been some innovations like you can like schedule a time to send or whatever but what yeah you are know? you serious 
Babe, are you serious? That's been I'm that's been years. Serious. Like ten years that they've had that innovation. <laughs> you can you can schedule when an email sends. Yeah. What the fuck? Rub. I I'm I'm <laughs> Wow. Okay then. I feel Blowing like I learned something here. from every one of these conversations and I just did. <laughs> if uh, all I can bring to you is that you know now that you can schedule emails, I feel like I've done a lot for you. Why? Why would you schedule an email? All the time. Like what okay, for for me, for example, what if I need to ask it occurs to me that I need to like ask a question of some like artist's publicist, but it's like 10 p.m. I don't want to email people at 10 p.m. It's weird. So I write the email and then I just so I don't forget. I just schedule it to go out 8 a.m. the next morning. That's the glory of email is That's it shouldn't saying. give them an alert. It should just go no, to their is, box. Yeah, but it'll still say what time you oh, sent it. So it'll be like, oh, this bitch, sitting here, this bitch sitting here at 10 p.m. fucking thinking about like <laughs> Gavin Rosdale. Like get a life. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Yes. Wow. OK, so I, that makes sense. Okay, it's that it's that detail at the top. Sent at eleven fifty nine p.m. or or two thirty in the morning. Insane. That would they would think you're a psychopath. That makes yeah, sense. exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. Because I yeah I can't. Uh, my God. Uh, that is my preferred method, and that's just for that reason. I didn't even think about that. We could send an email later. The world's going to hell in a handbasket here. <laughs> <laughs> it's not it's not it's not looking good for us that's for sure yeah and what other innovations do you have here that i can that i can learn from because this is uh man i mean you, i can tell you all my biohacking tricks but those are different i don't even know what that means it's just if you want to live a more healthy and wonderful life there's little biohacking? tools that you can, that's right you're hacking your biology is this like micros and macros and all that shit or is it maybe it's it's actually like really really makes so much sense the things when you when you hear them it's like get sun in your eyes first thing in the morning for like 15 minutes because our bodies set our circadian rhythms using the sun and we don't get enough sun because we're inside all day mm -hmm. so that's why people sleep poorly stuff like that and you've got a pretty serious routine with that. Yeah, I basically, I wake up at like six. Okay. I make some tea. Well, first I drink water with electrolytes because I'm dehydrated. Uh -huh. And then I make some tea and then I go outside and journal. Do okay. little morning pages. You familiar with morning pages? I, I'm not familiar <laughs> with the term morning pages, but I am familiar with journaling in the morning. <laughs> yeah. For sure. So I do morning pages outside for like 10 or 15 minutes. So I'm in the sun and then that's how I do that. And this is all before you look at your phone? Yes. Okay. That's my, the one I don't thing bring I'm my, I don't bring my phone in my bedroom. At all? No. Interesting. That's like, that's like a thing that was, I'm a normal 2023 person. I'm deeply, sickly addicted to my phone. But the one thing that I could do to put a little bit of space between me and the fucking dopamine hits of the phone was like, mm -hmm. before I go to bed, it's not there. I'm reading. And when I wake up, it's not there. And you don't get that weird anxiety or that feeling like you're missing something. Not anymore. It, at first it's hard and then you just get used to it. Okay. Cause you're like, what are you missing? It's there in the morning. Mm -hmm. There's no emergency. And if there's an emergency, your ringer's on, you know, like someone can call it like, yeah, I don't know. I was gonna say you're missing all those emails that come in at midnight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I need to see what Gavin <laughs> Rossdale said or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Have you got an email from Gavin Rossdale or you, or his uh, publicist specific you're talking about? I can't here? confirm or deny that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough fair enough 
what do you have coming up for for twenty uh, four hour party people and and uh, and Bailey? Twenty four question party people. Sorry, twenty four question hour is the movie. What the <laughs> fuck? That's right. Okay. Uh, but yeah, for that or bandsplain, like that you're working on now, like. Um, we just put out Talking Heads. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a part two next week. I don't like to reveal what's coming out because I just feel like people like to be surprised. Okay. Um, but th- just know that there's some fun things happening. There's some fun things brewing. Very good. Very good. I have four or five uh, in the maybe three or four done. And I'm working on one really big one that I think many people will be excited about. Four or five done in the can. Yeah, maybe, actually maybe like three or four. So that's like quite possibly like a month and it. a half worth. I can't of... do it week over week. Yeah, sure. But like, yeah, but, but if say I do some in the can or whatever, it's it's not the same. But like that's like months of work that are in the can just ready to go. That's incredible. The amount of time that yeah. goes into that. Um, yeah. Man. I'm so sorry. I'm just sending a quick text. I'm so sorry. This is so rude, but it's my mom. <laughs> and she gets very she gets very fidgety if I don't write her back. So just I'm so sorry. This is the most rude thing in the entire world, but I just have to do it. Um <laughs> But your mom gets fidgety. She does. Immigrant moms, you know, she'll mm-hmm. be like like 10 minutes will pass. She'll be like, hello. And then she'll think I'm dead. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's the first thing that goes to their mind. Yeah. Is you're alone okay. in a I'm doing somewhere. a podcast, mom being interviewed. What's a podcast? <laughs> I know. I mean, this is like my low job. My parents are like, oh, we're so proud of you. And I'm like, do you know what I do? And they're like, not really. So they don't listen to it? No, thank God. Do you want your parents? Do your parents listen to your podcast? My dad, my dad passed away in 2019, but he, he oh, would sit up and listen. So like Larry Livermore, I did an episode yeah. with him way early on and it was like two something hours. And my dad was texting me early in the morning. Like, uh, how do I pause this? I, I need to pee, but I don't want to miss it. He's listening on his <laughs> iPad. Oh. He's like, this is like my guy. Like, he's like my age and and I'm understanding what's going on here. And uh, no, he listened to every episode uh, up until he passed. Like, That's he, he so loved awesome. It. He was all about it. My mom couldn't tell you anything about it. Couldn't tell you any of the bands I played in. Couldn't tell yeah. You. She, That's when, okay. Yeah. When he passed, may- oh, she gave me the entire box of everything he saved from the Aww. bands and the, but I was like, why are you, don't you want this? She's like, no, I just thought you'd want it. I was like, this is like everything I've done yeah. since I was a teenager and you're giving it to me. Like you don't even want to go through it. It's like, I Oh fuck. I had a realization that that has nothing to do with how much they love you. Right. It's just the way they experience you is mm-hmm. different. Like, and your dad was like a cool guy who had a music show, right? Like yeah. he like seems like he was more like a kindred spirit with you in that way. Like maybe your mom just understands you in different ways, you know? Like my parents don't awesome. know about rock music. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's like it's not that they don't love me or they aren't proud of me. It's just this is not a way for this is not how they experience me. They experience me in different ways, you know? And yeah. that's totally fine. <laughs> Are they are they stoked on the things you're doing, uh, kind of the way you're you're going about doing things, where you're kind of creating your own path, or do they want you to have more of that like structured this? this they this. used to. I wore them down and broke their spirit. Okay. Um, <laughs> because that was clearly not going to happen. I think they're proud because I did go against them, but I made my own success. I think that was all they were worried about. You know, like ultimately again, sorry, 10 years of therapy. Like ultimately, like I think most in most cases, it's like your parents just want the best for you. Right. Mm -hmm. And they just have maybe a ham fisted 
way of enforcing that or trying to put that upon you because they think their way is the best. So that's why they're trying to force it upon you or whatever. And it's, it's just that they don't understand that there's other ways. Yeah. Yeah. You know, absolutely. I have talks like this with my therapist myself. (laughs) I'm like two and a half years into it and it's still uncovering things. I usually do it right before these. So oh, like, amazing. So you're Zoom. really in that head. You're really in that headspace. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was in it right before this. Like it was like, uh, all right, got to go. Boom. And then clicked on like that's where it can go both ways. It can go really bad where it's like breakthrough, breakthrough moment or setback moment. And then, hey, how you doing? Yeah. Right well, I don't think there's no setbacks. Like I think you just it's not linear, but I think, yeah, there. if you're if it feels weird, it's because you need to feel weird, you know, and yeah. sort of like wormhole that out whatever that weird feeling is i feel like they're just trying they don't they're just trying to i feel like the main point of therapy is to get you to say the things you are afraid to say to yourself or to recognize is kind of where i've found progress like moving forward is like oh now i've said that now i believe it like i've been running from it or or anything like that it's super super strange and every therapist has a therapist it seems like so oh my god i think everyone on earth needs to have a therapist i know it's not possible unfortunately because of the hefty price tag Mm -hmm. which is so stupid that we have this entire society of people who are like so sick because of just being alive is hard Mm -hmm. and they can't have help you know oh yeah i live in portland oregon i see it every day (laughs) i work in downtown like construction uh, oh driving into downtown like uh, like nothing i've ever seen have you been to portland recently at all i have actually i saw the cure there um, a couple of months ago yeah whenever that was you probably saw what i'm talking about yeah i did i hadn't been there in a long time and i was like oh wow portland okay it's very different now it's intense yeah (laughs) everything's legal and it's just everything is uh it's just kind of a free-for-all and people are just kind of getting through it it's pretty wild yeah, a lot of zombies. There was a lot of zombies. Yep. That was it was a uh, kind of jarring. People defying gravity, like trying to stand up still, but like totally. bending backward. It's it's totally it's wild. It I see it every day now. But um I used to feel that way about Southern California when I was down there back in like the late the the early two thousands, where it was like, whoa, like you could see things like anything down there as you're driving around whereas up here is a little different now it seems like more on par with um you know you could see everything from in one street like you could see uh you know someone like trying to maintain and standing in a park somewhere or uh someone screaming at themselves or then like a family on vacation and it's just weird like you can just see it all in one strip yeah yeah it's all all the walks of life (laughs) (laughs) man well, I I really uh, I really appreciate you coming on and doing this. I really do. Oh my god! Like it's, it, I've wanted to have you on for a while. I feel I so like, uncool compared to all your other guests. Every one of your other guests is like super super cool, hard rock musician, and then there's just me. <laughs> <laughs> there's definitely there's definitely a smattering of of rock musicians on my show, but it's. Uh, <laughs> I just like talking to people I really find interesting. And I was really wow. curious to chat with you because uh like I like I said in the beginning, I love what you do. Well, I'm I really, really think it's special. You like the show. Thank you. It's Thank really you. important, I think. 
Um, I turned I, a few people just... onto the show in the last couple weeks uh, that we were going to talk. They were asking like, who's coming up, and I have some music friends. I was like, have you heard Bands Playing? They're like, mm. no. Like, Google this. Like, check it out. And they're like, holy shit. Thank you. And they just like scrolling nice. through. Oh my god. Okay. And they subscribe. It's... Like, I just think it's fun because I think that like fandom is so pure and special, you mm-hmm. know. And I think it's just to me, it's just a celebration of fandom, you know, like that's really what spending hours and hours talking about a band does. It's like feeds this fandom to whom this band is so important, you know? Yeah. See, that's what's so cool about it is, is <laughs> you can hear, like I was talking about Liz, Liz fair, like yeah, listening to your voice change a little bit. And like you were like in the moment with that, but also like, it's someone you really look up to and admire, yeah. you know? And then like the fish episode, a band you that was really, the... really listen to was still as fascinating i fish fish was the hardest one for me mm-hmm. be, I, but i will say like i've almost every every band i've researched even if i didn't have an interest in them before or whatever by the end i have such an admiration for them even if i'm not into the music because it's just so cool like really getting into someone's creative life and like how much of themselves and they put into their work like you can't help but walk away not endeared to them you know yeah yeah it opens the door to and that's the thing too like you don't like there's no like discrimination on styles of music or anything that you cover like you you genuinely want to know about this you already know some about this this is one of your favorite bands there's no difference like it's all done the right way so i think the collection of work you have done so far and continue to do is a is going to be a a big uh valuable piece of of content that that i hate that word uh <laughs> i mean it is though it, it is, is but it's it's you're creating art i mean it's art in itself <laughs> and it's uh um it's important but um i did while i was listening to the fish episode mm-hmm. went to spotify just curious what their streaming numbers were because i'm like does this correlate they're selling out arenas all over the place yeah yeah half a million yeah they're, they're not a, they're not a streaming man because yeah. they, they barely put out any music like it's not i don't also i don't think i mean they're a tape trading band so Mm -hmm. like people who love fish are not going firing up spotify like they have a they have a library of specific shows Mm -hmm. that they have the cd or tape or tracks of and that's what they're listening to it's kind of like grateful dead sure or like the fugazi live series like that thing is crazy like i it's just not that kind of it's not that kind of band they need a streaming service for that yeah, it's actually a really good idea to have like all the all the the bootleg, all the Grateful Dead recordings, all the yeah, yeah. Uh, Fugazi recordings, everything. Of course, it would rip off all the bands again. Um, exactly, it would have to. Yeah. They would have to relitigate all the royalties and the whole thing, and that's a <laughs> scratch that idea. Anyway, oh <laughs> but uh, Yasi, I I really appreciate the time and 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 hanging out and doing this. Um, yeah, thank I really you for like having you me. It was so fun talking to you. Fantastic. I appreciate it. And we'll, uh, we'll, uh, keep in touch and, and, uh, I'll let you know when this is coming out and, okay, uh, everyone check out bands playing 24 question party people and everything else. Thank you. You're, you're very <laughs> mysterious. So I don't know what else to plug. <laughs> That's enough. That's all they need to know. <laughs> right on. Have a good rest of your night. I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you soon. Okay. You too. Right. Bye. Bye. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed that chat with Yazi Salik from the bands playing podcast from 24 question party people. Go check out her work. It is incredible. Like I said earlier, the amount of research and thoroughness and the delivery, 
the format, all of it, it just, it's firing on all cylinders and it's really, really interesting. And I, I really feel that she has a really good thing going here. And you can see it. People listen to the show. People talk about the show. Um, you know, that's how I heard about it. And, and, uh, I just really am stoked with what she's doing. So cheers to, to Yazi for coming on the show and making such great content. Thank you very much. Thank you to you guys for coming back week after week, uh, seven years of this thing. And we are still rolling hot and, uh, yeah, no signs of stopping. Things just keep growing. The show gets bigger and bigger every week. It's really cool to see. So thank you guys. Tell a friend about the show. Give us a rating and review. Um, we've got a lot of great guests coming up. Uh, a lot already done. We're working through that list. And uh, yeah, I just really am just feeling grateful. So uh, thank you. Thank you so much. And as always, we'll see you on the radio. Hey, this is Steve Choi, host of the Musicians Guild podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Within the four walls of the Musicians Guild, we'll be discussing the habits, idiosyncrasies, experiences, and general psychology of my friends and peers, all involved with music in various capacities. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com. <laughs>